God's economy is not to have a giant leader with power to accomplish some movement. No, God's economy is to send His Son to be the little lamb with His Spirit as the little dove. Welcome to Life Study, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study is a study of the Bible emphasizing life. Jesus said in John 6.63, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Life Study is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began this ministry in China in the 1920s and continued it until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962. In previous programs, Witness Lee gave an introduction to the Gospel of John. The theme of this introduction was life and building. Today, he continues with John chapter 1, Jesus as the Lamb of God with the Spirit as the dove to produce stones for God's building. After Witness Lee speaks, we will fellowship concerning today's word and announce our toll-free number through which you may obtain a free copy of today's message. And now, here's Witness Lee with today's word from John chapter 1. The main subject of this message is Christ as the Lamb of God with the Spirit as the Dove to produce stones for God's building. If I would ask you, what are the main points or main things in this title? You have to say, number one, Jesus as the Lamb of God. Your typical Lamb. Then second point is what? The dove. And the third point is what? Stone. Right, you got it. And the third, fourth point is what? The house. Or the building of the house. So you see here you have the lamb plus the dove plus the stone. Then you have the building of the house. What is the last item? The son of man. These are the five main points. The lamb for redemption. The dove for anointing and uniting and the stone for material and the house as the building and the man as the very substance. The substantial element of God's building is man. Man got, number one, redeemed by the Lamb. Number two, regenerated and transformed by the dove. So, man becomes the stone. And then the stone built it by the dove. The dove is not only for regeneration, but also for transforming and uniting, then eventually you have the building. Now, we have to work on a long section of chapter 1. Altogether, 
33 verses, from verse 19 through verse 51. Let's point out what was the poor situation. All the religious people by that time were looking for a great leader. They were looking for a giant leader, a great leader, Messiah, Elijah, or the prophet. The contrast in this portion of the record is so impressive. While those religionists were expecting a giant leader and they checked with John about Messiah, John said, no. About Elijah, no. About the prophet, no, 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 no. I am nobody. I am nothing. Then what are you? What am I? I am just a voice. <laughs> just a voice. I am just a voice. I am nobody. It's telling me, what is a voice? A voice, just a voice, nothing. You heard it, and it is gone. A voice. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm not Messiah. I'm not Elijah. Neither I am the prophet. I'm nobody, dear ones. I'm just a voice. They all got mad with him. What are you talking about? How could we go back to answer the ones who sent us? Shall we go back to tell them, we check with that man, and that man said, no, 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 he is just a voice. <laughs> and what is this? It's nonsense. Yes, altogether life is a nonsense to religion. Eventually, out of sudden, John saw Jesus coming. What he said? Behold the Lamb of God. Do you prefer to recommend Jesus as a little lamb or as a strong lamb? I tell you, if you introduce a lamb to me, I would would run away. I'm afraid of the lamb. (laughs) But Jesus was recommended as a lamb. While the religionists were expecting a giant leader, Jesus was recommended not by Dr. John the Baptist, just by a voice. Behold the Lamb of God. And this Jesus comes not to be doctor, not to be giant leader, but to be what? The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It is not a matter of movement. It is a matter of redemption. It is a matter to solve the problem of sin of mankind. 
It is a matter to take away man's sin for redemption. For taking away man's sin, we don't need a doctor. We don't need a giant litter. We need a little lamb to die for us, to shed his blood for our redemption. I say again, the situation today is the same as that time. Religion is still expecting a giant leader for a big movement. But today, in God's economy, Jesus would not be such a leader. Jesus is still the Lamb of God. He's still the Lamb of God. Even tonight, we all have to say, Lord Jesus, to me, you are not a giant leader. You are just what? You are just a little lamb of God who died for my sins on the cross. Thank you for your death, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your redemption. I don't care for a giant leader. I only care for this little lamb who has accomplished redemption for me. Isn't this wonderful? Then listen. It's so good. The voice recommended not Dr. Jesus Christ, but the little Lamb of God. With what? A dove. Not an eagle, but a dove. Just a little dove. You know the dove is not that big. Not that strong. I tell you, this is the Holy Spirit. A little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption. And the dove is for what? My goodness. It's for life giving. It's for regenerating. It's for anointing. It's for transforming. It's for uniting. And it's for building. Not for power. Sorry to say, I will declare to all the Christians, the dove has no power. But the dove is full of life. The dove is full of insight. You know, the Bible appreciates the dove's eyes. The most pretty, beautiful part of the dove is the two eyes. In the Song of Songs, the Lord appraises his lovers to a certain point as the eyes of a dove. The dove is not a symbol of power. The dove is a symbol of life. So pretty, so lovely, small, yes, but full of life. If we get into chapter 12, the Lord Jesus likened himself even like something smaller. Even smaller than a dove. What? A grain of wheat. Oh, a grain of wheat. 
What does that mean? I tell you, the grain of wheat is not for outward appearance, neither for power, but listen to this, a grain of wheat is full of life. It's for reproduction. It's for propagation of life. It's for multiplication in life. I tell you, this book of John is not a book of power. This book of John is a book of life. The Lamb is not for power, but for redemption. If Jesus was like a lion, I don't think anyone could put him on the cross. But he was just a little lamb carried by the people to the slaughter. And the Bible says so. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter to be killed for the accomplishment of redemption. My, what a difference between life and religion. Religion is for power. Religion is for movement. Religion is for a giant leader full of power. But life needs a little lamb for redemption to take away all the sinful things. And also with a dove. No power but full of life. To impart life, to regenerate, to anoint, to transform, to unite, and to build together. Then, hallelujah, God will have a vessel, a house. We all have to see this. Now, I believe we have spent sufficient time to impress you that we all have to abandon Fully religion. Not only abandon religion, but also abandon religion with all its concepts. I'm still so much concerned for some of you that you still hold the concept. We need the power to accomplish some movement. No, no, no. That is not God's economy. God's economy is not to have a giant leader with power to accomplish some movement. No. God's economy is to send his son to be the little lamb with his spirit as the little dove to accomplish redemption and to impart life to others. To have the multiplication. One grain will produce many grains. And the many grains will be blended into one loaf. Which is the body. The church to express Christ. No movement. No power. No giant leader. But lamb. Dove. I tell you. Today we still need to be the little lamb. And with the little dove for redemption and life. Not movement, not accomplishment, not the work, but redemption and life. I hope this 
has been made clear to all of us. Praise the Lord. That was Witness Lee speaking from John chapter 1. If you would like a copy of today's Life Study message, please call toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Now with us in the studio today is Ed Marks, who has been serving as a full-time editor with Living Stream for over 10 years. Good to be with you, Ed. It's a real privilege to be here today. Ed, what does Witness Lee mean when he uses the word religion? The word religion, as used by Brother Lee, means to do things for God, to serve God, and even to worship God, but to do these things without the presence of God. And so when the Lord was living on the earth, the Pharisees and scribes, they carried out many religious practices and duties but they were void of the Lord's presence in what they did. So even today, we have to be warned by this as Christians, as believers in Christ. We may serve Christ, do things for Christ, and even worship Christ in a formal way, but we can do these things apart from the living presence of Christ, the living person of Christ as our content and as our reality. In John 4.24, the Lord makes a wonderful statement. He says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truthfulness. So what the Lord was saying here is that we do not want to worship the Lord in a merely outward and formal way, void of the Lord's presence and person as our reality. We have to worship him firstly in our spirit, where he dwells. In the Old Testament, people worship the Lord in a physical place, the temple. But in the New Testament, when we receive him as our Savior, our life, and our Lord, he comes into our spirit. Now we have to worship him in our spirit, where he is. Our spirit has now become the very habitation and temple of God. Ephesians 2.22 tells us that God's habitation is in our spirit. So we have to worship him in our spirit, and not just in our spirit, in spirit, and also many translations say in truth, or you can translate that worship him in spirit and reality. What this means is that Christ as the truth or as the divine reality He becomes our genuineness and sincerity in our worship to God. So whatever we do should be with Christ as our reality, becoming our genuineness and sincerity to serve God, to live with God, to move with God, and to worship God for his glory and for his expression in this universe. This saves us from empty, dead, Christless religion. So we need to pray that the Lord would bring us into the worship that's in spirit and reality and save us from false, lifeless, dead religion. Ed, what does Witnessly mean when he says that religious people expect a great leader? Well, when Brother Lee says this from the message, what we see is that with John the Baptist, people were wondering, are you Elijah or are you one of the prophets? 
in our natural man, people normally expect if God wants to do great things, or even if man wants to do great things, we need a great leader, and we need a great religious movement. But if you look in the Gospels and in the New Testament, this is not the Lord's way to accomplish his heart's desire. Peter had a revelation of who Jesus actually was. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. But as the Christ, the Son of the living God, the way he carries out his work and his move is not according to our natural concept of a great leader carrying out a lifeless movement that eventually dies when the leader dies. Movements are extinguished and become extinct when the leader of that movement passes away. But we know from human history and from church history that when Christ died and resurrected, of course, we, you know, in resurrection, he's still living. It's not a movement. There is a continual move of Christ in, with, and through his believers to carry out his plan. And we can see this in John 12, 24. This is one of the verses which Brother Lee mentioned in the message. This was a time when the Lord returned to Jerusalem and everybody welcomed him. All the crowds were cheering him, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Even the opposing ones said the whole world has gone after him. And the Lord made this statement. He said, now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And even the disciples were excited. They said, all men are seeking him, and the Greeks want to see you. But their concept of glorification was different from the Lord's concept. The Lord's concept, he says in the next verse, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So this is the way the Lord carries out his move, not his movement. It's not a movement with a great leader. It's a move with the wonderful Jesus as the grain of wheat, dying and resurrecting to multiply himself for his expression. Ed, could you share more about the significance of Christ being the Lamb of God taking away sin from man? It was quite marvelous when John the Baptist saw the Lord And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was absolutely wonderful. Because when John the Baptist said this, what he was saying was that this person, this man, is the reality of the Passover lamb in Exodus 12. Well, here John the Baptist is. Here's a man walking in front of him, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is really a tremendous thing because in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This refers to eternity past. God was merely divine. But what God decided to do to accomplish his plan was to step out of eternity into time and with his divinity into humanity. So God became a man. This is one of, I say one of, because we'll see when we come to the dove later. This is one of the greatest events 
in the universe. God became a man. Why did he become a man? He became a man to accomplish his judicial redemption, to redeem man. He became a man so that he could be the Lamb of God, to shed his blood for us, to die instead of us for the forgiveness of our sins. And what we mean by judicially is he met the need of God's righteous requirements. Also, we're reconciled to God. The Bible tells us before his death, we were his enemies. But through his death, we have been reconciled to God. And now we are actually the friends of God, just like Abraham was. Isn't this wonderful? That we are God's friends. This is the significance of his becoming the Lamb of God to accomplish a judicial redemption, to bring us back to God in a full and complete way. You mentioned the dove. Is there any further significance to the dove bringing God to man? I would say that the two greatest events in the history of the universe are incarnation and resurrection. The symbol of the dove here brings us to this second greatest event in the history of the universe. The New Testament tells us that Christ has two great becomings. As he came out of eternity onto the bridge of time, he became a man, firstly. 1 Corinthians 15.45b tells us that in resurrection, he had another becoming. This verse tells us that Christ, as the last Adam, became a life-giving spirit in resurrection. This life-giving spirit is signified by the dove in John 1.32. In John 1.29, we have the incarnated Christ as the Lamb of God to accomplish a judicial redemption for man. But God's salvation doesn't stop there. God's salvation is a full salvation. So in resurrection, he became the life-giving dove. Praise the Lord. He is now the life-giving dove, the life-giving spirit. Romans 5.10 is a wonderful verse that shows us both aspects of God's full salvation. This verse tells us that we were once enemies to God, and we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. Then Romans 5.10 says much more. These words much more are very critical in this verse. Much more we will be saved in his life. There's much more to salvation than just redemption and the cleansing and forgiveness of sins. This much more is that we would be saved in his life by himself as the life-giving dove, the life-giving spirit. Thank you, Ed. You're welcome. It's been a real privilege to be here. If you would like a free copy of today's Life Study message, and a gift copy of the Stream Magazine, call toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or write us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or visit us at our website, www.lsm.org. That's www.lsm.org. The Living Stream Ministry is pleased to announce the publication of a new book, The Overcoming Life, 
a fresh and accurate translation of messages given by Watchman Nee in 1935. These messages contain the underlying truth that led to Watchman Nee's well-known classic, The Normal Christian Life. This book and other books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee can be obtained from your local Christian bookstore. Our number again is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thank you for listening. Thank you.